0: Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
1: I mean, come on, guys. You know I have to start with Shining Star. Just listen to this bass line. Listen to it. And then when it kicks in... Ha! Oh, yeah. ski when you God, I love this fucking song. Shining Star by Earth, Wind & Fire from their 1975 hit record, That's the Way of the World. It's also number 486 out of 500 on The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. Hello, everyone. I love you, won't you tell me your names My name is Josh Adam Myers I am the King of Fleece And I am leading you through this journey Through Rolling Stone Magazine's Top 500 albums list From Five Honey All the way down to Numero Uno Guys, Final show date May 31st, 2028 So we are down to our final Fucking episodes Only 495 More to go But god are they good I'm having the time of my life making these. I hope you guys are having a great time listening to them. Uh, I know I said it in the last one, but I love each and every one of you guys. We got a huge response from me doing the Monday Morning Podcast with Bill Burr. We got a whole bunch of new listeners, and I love you guys. Thank you for sending me all the messages about how much you're enjoying the show, my passion, because that's it, man. I, I Dude, I don't want to do anything besides this. I'm, I'm, Everything else has gone to the... To the back burner This is all I give a shit about And I'm having a great time So thank you, thank you, thank you So people are asking why I'm the King of Fleece And I'll tell you guys Has to go back to one of my good friends Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson They had a podcast called The Crab Feast Now they have their owns Uh, Ryan is on The Honeydew On Your Mom's House Studios Which I am a co-host of sometimes And Jay has the through line But when they had The Crab Feast I told this story about how my great uncle died and he left me and my sister $40,000 each. I was 18 years old, right? I had never had money before. So I gave half the money to my parents. $20,000 so we could buy our house back because we were poor. And uh, we had lost the house. But then I had 20000 left. Dude, I spent like $3,000 on fleeces. Fleeces. Whole bunch. Timberland, Nautica. Polo, I bought a whole bunch of fleeces because I was cold all the time and then I did a bunch of drugs with the rest of the money I went to Europe, but that is why I'm the king of fleece and you guys are part of the fleece army So my guest this week is probably one of the strongest funniest comedians in the world I love Wanda Sykes to death Here's how I became friends with her like there was a night, I was at the Hollywood Improv, and I was doing my buddy Avery Pearson's show, the 88 show, which is where comics do uh, stand-up, and then they sing a a new song that they wrote with Avery uh, to the audience, and it's a lot of fun. And Wanda Sykes and my, her friend uh, and co-worker and uh, co-owner of uh, Push It Productions, Paige Hurwitz, were in the audience, and... I performed, and they had known me from when I tried out for Last Comic Standing, and I go up there, and I do my stand-up, and I sing, and me and Wanda, after the show, talk for a little bit, and then that was that. But then I went into the main room at the at the improv, and I finished my set, and Craig Robinson was like a special guest, and Craig goes up, and he is like, let's party, everybody. And so... He starts playing music, and then he brings Wanda up on stage, and they start singing songs. And then out of nowhere, Craig goes, is Josh still in here? And then I'm like, fuck yeah, I am. And I walk on stage, and then me, Craig, and Wanda, we just sang so much shit for like an hour and a half. Wanda and Craig and I had the time of our lives. The audience enjoyed it. And it's just a blast, guys. If you don't know who Wanda Sykes is, maybe you've seen her on The New Adventures of Old Christine. Maybe you've seen her on Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. Maybe you've seen her on Broad City. Maybe you've seen her on Blackish. Or maybe you've seen one of her incredible comedy specials. But guess what? We get Wanda Sykes for the next hour. And I couldn't be more excited to break down this record with her. Because when she did the goddamn comedy jam, she sang an Earth, Wind & Fire song. Don't forget to listen to the end of the podcast where we're going to spotlight a new artist that is directly influenced by Earth, Wind & Fire. Also, guys, rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 on your favorite podcast-getting platform. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcasts at gmail.com. And for all things 500, go to our website, The500podcast.com With that being said Here we go With number 486 Out of 500 With That's the Way of the World By Earth, Wind, and Fell. Wanda sucks, no matter Wanda Sykes, mm. She's a Wanda sucks in the do. Dooba dooba Nobody's ever joined in. <laughs> Nobody has ever joined in. Maybe people just actually look in ah or maybe clap along, but you hit me with some dooba doobie <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, um, man, thank you. Love you too. And I and I picked this album uh because when you did the goddamn comedy jam, you mm-hmm. sang Let's Groove. Right. Uh
2: very, very well. Eh, I had fun. That was that's that's all. You know, it was just about having fun. A hundred percent, right? you're
1: having fun. But I think that of all the Earth Wind and Fire songs, like that's the one uh, that I think was anybody can sing. It's just a lot of like, let's groove, <laughs> let's groove tonight. What is your history with uh, with music? Like, like, did you grow up in a musical family or?
2: I played drums
1: were you playing drums as a teen or, or is that no, something I, that you know started what?
2: later uh, it started because my my parents are cheap because my my brother uh <laughs> he wanted to play drums so they bought him a drum kit yeah right and of course you know two years later he's like ah, i'm not playing drums and uh so when i came along and it was you know fourth grade and it's like hey let's pick pick an instrument which you want you want to play in the band. I was like oh I, I want to play the saxophone and my parents like, no, 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 I, th- I think you're going to play the drums because we, we got this drum we- kit. <laughs> we already invested in the drums. So that's what you're going to be playing, sweetheart. So And, and I, I stayed with it all through uh, all through high school. I all started to play in college. Yeah, I started to play in college. Have but... you ever played along a to this record? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I grew up in a family, uh, that listened to a lot of music. Okay. Like as a kid I always remember, you know, music was playing throughout the house. You know, my what parents, kind of stuff Um you know, my parent my, my father was more into like the coasters, you know. So uh, what, the doo wop stuff? Yeah, the doo-wop very, coasters, yeah. you know, all the you know, the uh, 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 all that stuff. The What uh, was it? Was that a seal dying? Yeah, I don't know yeah, what the but fuck that, that, that That's was. what that that's, that's what that guy <laughs> just sounded like. He beautiful voice, but it was all the Ooh, oh, 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 oh you, yeah, it's like I'm a great pretender, all that me. stuff. It was uh, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So then how did Earth Wind and Fire um, get into your life? And my, and my mom, she liked, you know like Aretha Franklin, Max okay. Night, and all that stuff, and um, yeah, Earth Wind and Fire. It you know the 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 radio man. My brother and I, we were all into um, like bands. We loved the bands. Yeah. So um, yeah, Earth Wind and Fire definitely they, they they were up there. That was the first album that um I bought, yeah. This Our record right I, here. My brother and I we that's the first album we 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 bought together. Tell it was me like so how old we were getting like little allowance and you know and yeah. like little jobs around the house. And let me see 75. So that meant that I uh was uh uh what eleven yeah I was born in sixty four yeah eleven years old and uh that was the first album first album we bought and I remember buying it at record store and um uh, I think it was a t- it was a Tower Records in Maryland. Yeah, we bought the record, got it home, uh, wrapped it. You know, I'm from Maryland, know.
1: right? You really? I yeah, that. I'm from I'm from Germantown, from Montgomery County. Okay. So, so you're 11 years old when you first hear yeah. this record. Okay. Yes. So, like, what's going through your mind? What's what's happening in your life? Like, how does this record affect you at that age?
2: Wow. Okay. Um, 11. So that means what? I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. Right, yes, yeah, six. six I think how so old I mean. I started getting records around fourth grade. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my
1: first one was "Licensed to Ill" uh, by the Beastie Boys and Run DMC in Hell." Okay, and I mean, I just remember how cool it was to get you. You know, it's like you're getting this record that, like, you know, uh, you hear it on the radio. We didn't have MTV yet, so it just it touched me. Like, and really, it was kind of what sparked like my interest in music. But you're 11 years old, living in Maryland. You know what happens to you the first time you hear. Earth, wind,
2: and fire—that's the way of the world. Just, it felt like, um, it, it, it hopeful and and just love, you know, and it was, yeah, it, I don't, it was just so uh, uplifting, it just, this- just so freaking uplifting, and it just made you feel like, yeah, like you could do anything, and because it, it kicks off with you know, shining star, and incredible, yeah, and it's just such. Uh, just made you feel like you were important. Yeah, yeah. This this This
1: album, you know, the more I started researching it, and also I'll just jump right into it. Our album is number 486 out of 500. It's the 1975 album, That's the Way of the World, by Earth, Wind, and Fire, produced by Maurice White and Charles Stepney and recorded at Burbank Studios and Caribou Ranch here in California. Now, I had never heard like I knew the hits by mm-hmm. earth, wind and fire, but mm-hmm. this is the first record that I'd ever really listened to from them. And I think what you were saying about being uplifting, like this record is one of the most positive message. Every song is literally shooting star. You can be anything you want to be. That's right. the way of the world. A baby's born beautiful. Mm-hmm. you know, just, it just keeps going and going with positivity. And, You know, you said you're 11. I mean, that's 1975 when this comes out. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's the end of the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. America is just, you know, still kind of coming out of this shit. And, like, you know, race relations in America is still fucked up. And then you have Earth, Wind & Fire that just drops this beautiful, positive record. Right. Right. And, you know, so now that you're listening to it now, because mm-hmm. I asked you to listen to it, like how like what are you feeling from it now as you've listened to it more and more? Wow.
2: It's I, I, I go, man, I really wish we would listen to that album and not just listen to it back then. But I wish more people would have applied what they were singing about to their lives, yeah. you know, because if we would have just. Just you know, a child is born with a heart of gold. You know, the way of the world makes his heart so cold. I mean, just just if if we would have just listened then, we wouldn't be. Even if we start today and apply those those that message. To our lives, we wouldn't be in this the state we're in. Do you think you Trump listens
1: to Earth, Wind, and Fire? Uh,
2: I think <laughs> Trump just listens to fire. That's it. <laughs> it's just the fire. Well, That's know, it.
1: You know what I love about this record? I started doing some research. They recorded this with the intention uh, that the smoother pop choruses, as opposed to the hard R and B verses, would appeal to to more mainstream audiences. So. The engineer George Massenberg specifically was hired to give them a pop sound and gain acceptance and crossover because they wanted to make this big radio hit. Like this album is like they were specifically trying to reach a wider audience. So, really? So let me ask you. So See,
2: to me, I I didn't get that. Like, well, I don't know. I guess we had to look at where pop music was back then. Yeah. Maybe maybe this was. I mean, did this cross over for them? Was this like a Oh yeah this, yeah, this this album won, yeah. won
1: a Grammy. Right, uh, right, it's, right, it's, uh, right. I mean, this is really what what took them kind of into to superstardom. I mean, right. for for this band, let me ask you a question. Like, do you remember having uh, like that crossover appeal moment in your career? Like, where you were like, okay, so I've been I've been working, you know, I've been working in these audiences. Like, how am I gonna like become a
2: bigger artist and reach a wider audience? Hmm. You know that <laughs> um I always started in in mainstream. I I never, you know, started in I, I didn't start in the chitlin circuit, you know. I in in DC, you know, I, I was in the mainstream clubs. I played, you know, the Comedy Cafe, Garvin's, um and then the same thing when I got to New York, it was still mainstream audiences. I I never had that had that problem of, you know, finding the 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 masses you know it's funny I, I sometimes I look out my audience I go man it's really diverse but I could use a few more black people in here <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah because it's predominantly white and I yeah. go yeah it'd be nice to have if I could get a, you know like half and half or you know but so, I, I love my audience the, of w- course what I have I love yeah. them but I go man I wish wish that you know some more black folks would catch on and you know see what I'm doing yeah
1: what even something like when you were writing for the Chris Rock show and you did, you know, you played Biggie Shorty, my favorite role Yourself. of all time oh, from Pootie Tang. Uh-huh. I mean, that is like in a sense, those those are like those are two things that were not oriented towards African-Americans, but definitely had a lot of appeal. Like like, I mean, did from doing some of those iconic things like you didn't see your pulling from that or you've just always identified for like with a widespread audience?
2: Yeah, it's pretty much been a widespread audience. I mean, I definitely gained fans from the Chris Rock show, but the same thing with Chris. Chris has a, you know, his audience is pretty diverse, too. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Oh, yes, oh. Rock, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm
0: Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and Street Band are on tour
2: right now for the first time in six years, and
0: we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan.
1: If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, And we hope to see you further on up the road.
0: Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you.
1: Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, the Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. All right, well, let's, let's dive right into the record, okay? So, Shining Star is how this starts. And I mean, I can imagine being 11 years old and hearing that bass line, Peter, play the bassline. It's just fire. Uh, Cause it's like almost like when you hear this bass line, you know something is about to be
2: super funky that's but, that's and, I open on that show real open I mean, that song yeah I walk out when I did my live oh. performances I walk out on that
1: the emphasis is not on funky it's on fun yeah because you know that something is going to just rock. And just yeah. listening to Maurice's like singing where he's like,
0: Make your body big and strong. Mm-hmm. It's
1: like, where the fuck did the cookie monster come from? <laughs> this is their first major hit. And we were talking about positivity. This is such a positive song where it's saying you can be anything you want. You know, it's even with the voices at the ending of all just those guys singing and clapping, so like sample lyrics. So, if you find yourself in need, why don't you listen to these words of heed? Be a giant or a grain of sand words of wisdom? Yes, I can. uh, when did you learn who Wanda Sykes really was that you were unstoppable Ooh. like when did you have a breakthrough moment? your shining star moment? Mm. I've
2: had several you know I think I, I think it's like as as you go along like first, I'm like, okay, uh like in 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 school, you know, getting good grades, yeah. you know. It's like, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can knock this out. Sure. Um then uh you know, to me it's like it's, it's a goal oriented song. Every time I, I I hit a mark, you think about it and you're like, yeah, okay, got this or you or you face an obstacle. Um I, I guess it, but then then like we're always evolving, too. So yeah. Like I thought, I I knew who I was when you know. Okay, hey, and now career-wise, I made it. I'm I'm doing stand-up. I can earn a living as a comic. You yeah. know, then you just it just keeps going. You know, um, with different jobs and doing the the Correspondence Associations for yeah. President Obama. You know, the first time it's like, oh, okay, this is this is it. Um, definitely coming out you know, coming out was was really when I said, Oh, okay, this is this this is who I am. This is yeah. And unstoppable. Completely. Yeah. Completely.
1: Yeah. Going then into That's the Way of the World, another positive song. It opens with the chorus, Hearts of Fire creates love desire, take you higher and higher to the world you belong. What I love about this song is this this is the first time I'm hearing Philip Bailey. Mm. And this is this is where I want to try to make a comparison, is that you You have this band, Earth, Wind & Fire, right? And it's an ensemble of nine people where anyone on stage can get lost. But you have these two distinct voices. You have Maurice, Maurice White, White with mm-hmm. that down low singing, and then Philip Bailey with this incredible falsetto that I have no idea how mm-hmm. any man can hit those right. notes. I mean... <laughs> Let me try.
0: Hudson. Yeah, I just can't uh-huh. do it. No, no, no,
1: but no. Philip Bailey eventually went on to make some solo records and then he broke through and had a hit with Phil Collins Easy Lover, oh. which is honest to God, one of my favorite songs in the <laughs> what i love is that it's it's just that philip had felt overshadowed when you have such a distinct voice you know what was your easy lover moment like what was yours you're working for the chris rock show you're working for these with these brilliant writers you're an emmy award-winning writer Mm. um did you have an easy lover moment to break out of that wow um, you weren't expecting this. I mean you I were probably thinking we were gonna be talking about Verdeen. It's coming. Expecting.
2: I did I think I think uh yeah, I did have a moment with that. It was with the Chris Rock show. Um I was so happy with the Chris Rock show. It was such and a brilliant it, show. It was a great show. Great show. Yeah. And it, it just seemed like there was there was a, a point where um in, in our last season that It it was more uh, competition. Like everybody wanted to 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 get on. Yeah. Instead of going, hey, let's put the best pieces out there. So it was more uh, politicking as far as, come on, Chris, do this, do do this. And I was never one to like push, you know, my 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 ideas or whatever. Which is
1: which is funny because you you like like one thing I love about you is that you 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 say what the fuck is up. You like yeah. you, you speak your voice. So to, I couldn't imagine you being in that situation, not being like, yo, this is we should follow this shit, you know, and oh, or, this is a great idea. Yeah, like, I would say,
2: yeah, but I would definitely say, hey, this is funny. I like this one. This is fine. I would say that. But ultimately, it's it's his show. Right. So it's it's his taste and what, what he wants to put out there. Yeah. But to me, I just I just saw how people were pressuring him for their own things to get on completely. You know, and and you're working with your friends, so I, it it was just awkward. And, and and to me it just felt like a time where uh we were saying, you know what, I'm I'm going to go on and and do something else and and different people were kind of like ready. To, but I, I was definitely ready to break off and say, "Okay, I'm going to go do another try something else." You're going to try Easy Lover. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a, have an Easy Lover moment. I love it.
1: Yeah. Um what I love about this song is You know, there's some really, really deep lyrics in this. Child is born... We were singing this on the walk up to my apartment. Child is born Mm -hmm. with a heart of gold... Listen now with a heart of gold. Way of the world makes his heart so cold. Mm-hmm. So that's saying that you, when you're born, you're this beautiful just, just nugget of joy and love. Your, your consciousness is completely clean. You have no ego, no nothing. But then the regular world, you know, rips that and turns it into something negative. So do you have a time in your life where a negative experience completely ripped apart your positive disposition? <sighs> oh, my God. Uh,
2: what do you want to talk about? Yesterday? You or can tell me before? whatever no, you no, want to. T- no, <laughs> you, can, it's no, I mean, you It's whatever way you want to go. But oh man, um, wow, yeah. I mean, it's it's always something, especially now with with social media too. It's the worst. It's the worst. I, it's the worst. I'm literally thinking about like I need to, you know, I'll post some stuff and then just get the hell off of it. Yeah, because I can't, you know, and and like it's it's like, you know, I'm, I'm in a good mood. I was, you know, like hey, um just yeah, you know, was a good moment with my family, with my kids and all. Mm-hmm. And then then you look at at these little shitty kids taunting the the elder Native American man. Yeah. Man, you know, and and you just go it, it just messes with you cuz they're kids. And you go, what the hell is our future looking like, man, yeah. with it just breaks you, you know it really does break you when you, when you see stuff like that. So
1: how do like, you maintain faith in a world uh that is so negative you know that that where this child is now born is now you know got the heart of heart of cold
2: then i I turn to other kids who I know who are doing beautiful things out there who are you know trying to make the world a better place, and i I, I turn to those to those people. Yeah, you know, yeah, and and then I just go, hey, hopefully these kids can beat the shit out of those other kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think anybody can beat up that kid that that was chanting in his face. I, I mean, that guy looks like he's. That's the problem is that you
2: look yeah. at somebody like that
1: and you are like, that motherfucker has never taken a punch Not in his whole. All. I don't trust anybody that's never been punched in the face. You Got to
2: get punched in the face. You
1: have to get right? punched in the face. Uh, happy feeling. Which is probably one of my favorite songs on this
2: record. <laughs> Happy feeling yeah. in the music.
1: The way. I can't even do it. Play that part, Peter. <laughs> There is a fucking xylophone <laughs> solo in that. That's how dope uh, this is. Is that kalimba? Is that? Oh yeah, Maurice. Yeah, Maurice. Yeah, Maurice played that. It, I thought it was a xylophone. Look at you. But what I love about this song, it's another thing. It's about it's about talking about how to be present and enjoying life, mm-hmm. like as much as the other two records. Happy feeling in the music that we're given. Feel the power of yeah. the hour. Every moment that you're living. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you know what people weren't doing back then? What was that? On the damn cell phones recording and, and listening to, you know, watch it. It was just in it, in the moment, in the moment. One right? of the things Enjoying
1: that, it. Oh, completely. One of the things that I've been doing is I started reading, like, Eckhart Tolle. I started reading The Untethered Soul. I meditate to keep myself present, to stay uh-huh. away from my ego. Because basically, happy feeling is him saying, shed your ego right. and just be free. Now, was there a time in your life that you let your ego control you?
2: Ooh. Yeah, it was. I, was that? I, that's when I was trying to do two shows at the same damn time, cause I thought, like, yeah, what I'm were the shows? Ad- I was uh, the New Adventures of Old Christine, okay, and then i I had my own show, the Wanda Sykes show on Fox, a uh, late night talk show, uh, once a week. Yeah, so I was trying to do both shows, and it all it broke me. It physically broke me. I like broke my foot doing tape oh, yeah like you physically did. yeah man i'm it, it, gonna laugh at your foot pain but i wasn't no, expecting for, that yeah, everything yeah. started I, falling I, apart and, yeah <laughs> and then like my anxiety level went went nuts and shit i had to you know go to the doctor and stuff it was crazy yeah it was crazy and, and that and and only reason why uh it was totally ego it was totally because went on the way to doing that fox deal uh something happened where i, I didn't think i was gonna have the right people around me and i should have just said uh, you know what i'm not gonna do this show sure but instead i was like I, I can do it I, I don't come on i'm on the side yeah. i got this yeah well, I, I don't need anything i don't need my and man that yeah taught me a lesson
1: so how did you get back to being present from that did it, you know just the shows ended or yeah, shows, it was and shows, then you were ended, able to
2: shows ended and and then and wh- while it was happening of course i didn't I didn't realize what was going on, you know. I was blaming everybody, and then when it kind of like you know I, I, after the fallout, and I just looked back, and I, I was very happy with with the product that I put out there. Sure, but I just looked at myself physically and my family and all, and I was like, okay, all right, Whew, That was about ego. That's why you did that. You Completely. know, you didn't have to. You could have just waited and say, hey guys, let me finish this, and then let's jump into this. You know, but
1: you know what you learn your lesson. you learn your lesson and and then what you did was you went to things that were all about love, which yes. is our next song, baby. All about love. Uh, my all right, first of all, it's a beautiful song. Uh, the talking breakdown, mm. where Maurice just lays it yes. all. Maurice, you know, he's he's studied uh, the cult. He studied cult science, astrology, mm-hmm. mysticism, world religion. And so So
2: forth and you dig. just oh, that's that's my favorite part. Like, you
1: know, sometimes, baby, like, have mercy, you know, you got to find your inner self, Self. you dig. All right, baby. It says I love that so fucking much. But he says all these things that are right. We were just talking about ego and he's like, Now, there's an outer self you got to deal with, the one that that wants to go to parties, that likes to dress up, be cool, Cool. look pretty, and ego trips and all this. But, man, you got to love you. And all the beautiful things around you. you. He's a very spiritual uh-huh. person. Now, like, I know your parents were both very religious. Mm. Like, did, did that affect your spirituality as, as you've become you?
2: Or? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've always, you know, uh, been a believer and um, grew up in the church and all. And, and, of course, as I got older and, you know, in my own thing, I kind of stepped away you know, uh, but always, but still always believed, but just wasn't practicing and, you know, going to church or, you know, or, or, you know, reading or whatever. So, um, but then, you know, I I missed it. I really did. I was like, you know, I need to connect back into this, this God, I need to connect. And uh, because it, to me, it's uh, not just to be aware of, 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 of yourself in the world and and people but also uh it it helps me to deal yeah you know to to go whoo okay i'm not just doing all this uh on my own you know like i yeah. like I, I got i got backup, and and to me that's what i look at it as and also you know now i'm trying to pass that on to to my kids too well
1: one of the things that stuck out to me that's kind of following up that it's just that Like you, it's about loving yourself. Absolutely. And, and it's, that's such a powerful message. Like I'm coming from my situation where for so long I didn't love myself. And now I'm like, I'm starting to through all the work that I'm doing. Um, But do you ever feel that you have to love yourself first before you can love somebody
2: else? I mean, that's, that's the right way to go about it. Sure. But of course, yeah, of course you can love somebody Without loving yourself, um, but is it but really? It's, but it's a different but, love. I'm sure you know. What that, I was going
1: to say is, it real love though, because y- you know you're almost putting them to make you feel whole. Do you know what right. I mean? Have you
2: had situations like that before? Or? Yeah, but when you're doing it, you don't know that you, you know. You don't know it. You, yeah. You, when, you, when you feel like you love somebody, you you know. It's lo- it's that love what you're experiencing, and then Absolutely. that it. But usually, and usually, what happens is that person tells you that I don't feel like this love is enough. Like you know, like that the person will tell you. I mean, I've had that. I've had people tell me that um, it's you. Yeah, you say you love me, but I feel like if if I if I walked out this door right now, that you'd be okay. You know, and I yeah. and, and I thought thought of it. I was like, "Damn, you know what? Kind of got a point there." I, I you know, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I move on. The, I would, I would be like, yeah. "I, like, you know, next. Mm-hmm, well, thank like, you, next." You know, but but um, but then but when I when you've so so yeah, you do, and then I realized that I had to do some work on my on myself.
1: What did you do when you said you worked on yourself?
2: Um. Just, I guess, just, just figure out like what I wanted and and fix some, yeah, fix myself, I guess, and and I'll just be a little bit more honest with myself, but more open, yeah, open, you know. And then we, and then the next time, you know, I, my wife, when I, this was it. I was like, okay, the, oh, so this is what this feels like. This yeah. is the this. Oh, this is how love is supposed to feel. This is so easy. I didn't know love could be this easy. Well, you had, you had said like I, I did I you know I saw the research you were
1: married before right to a guy d- to a guy mm-hmm. so when you were in that situation did, is that what you're talking about yeah. was the love like he made you feel like you were you were okay like no everything's fine and then you know so that that's that's got to be like a heavy feeling you know to to be experiencing that and being like in a marriage and being like but I just don't know if this is like am I am I being true to myself.
2: You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That too. But I really thought I was in love. Like, yeah. Yeah. This. I'm in love. Right. Yeah. I, well. I'm, no. Yeah. This is love. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> and and you don't know it. You don't know it until until you really find real love. But back then, I, I mean, I thought this is pretty much, I guess, what it has to offer. I mean, and it's not like, um, uh, it's not like I was around a bunch of people. Who were also, you know, who were in love, but their love looked differently like, than what, you know, we were doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dig it. Yearning, learning. Yow. this one's a header man such a fun song yeah. this is this is also another one of my favorite songs on the record uh it just it just pumps the chorus stop look at what's behind you fame and love gonna find you we're just here to remind you remind you yearn and learn is what you do so let me ask you uh how did you think fame was gonna be and now that you've and now that you're you're kind of in it, like how does that differ from what you actually thought?
2: Hmm. I guess there's levels. I, I didn't realize there were like levels of fame. Yeah. You know, it's. I thought, hey, once people know your name and you're on TV, you must be famous, right? Yeah. And because uh, back then. Yeah, I mean, we, did, we only had, like, what, three channels, so if you... Oh, I remember yeah. that, yeah. So if you were, were, if you were t- on one of those so channels, t- you, were, you, you were, were the shit. You were the shit. You yeah. were famous. So uh, it doesn't work that way now, just, <laughs> right? You can, uh, which is great, because you can, you can enjoy your life. Well, and who that, knows
1: what fame is now? I mean, there's people that, that are making, like, we were talking about, like, if you if you have a social media presence and right? just posted a six-second video, yeah. I mean, you could be a huge star, I mean. right. It's but has fame like when you were younger and you were working towards it, like, did you, did your perception of what fame really is, you know, is it has it changed or does it still feel like it was when you envisioned it?
2: No, I think the way I thought about fame back then, uh, it was just way more glamorous and you know, like Beyonce fame. (laughs) I mean, there's I mean, still I mean, levels of that, me, yeah. That's not what I want. I mean, I, I never... I would just love that you envisioned yeah. yourself being no, on never, Beyonce but I never level. No, I never envisioned myself as, as that. I, I, never, I never thought of myself or envisioned myself as being famous.
1: So I always, were... always just
2: thought of myself as, I'm going to be a really good stand-up comic. For
1: sure. But did you, so did you have those aspirations, though, when you were younger? I mean, you. what were you doing before you became a comic?
2: Before I, I was working at the NSA,
1: the National Security, Security Agency? Agency. Really? Yeah, yeah. You got
2: clearance? Yeah, man. You still got it? it? It's I not bet they let you in now because they'd be like, "Oh,
1: yeah. man, fuck it's, it's it's Wanda, y'all. Just <laughs> let her in. Show her yeah. the files, man. Show her yeah. the files." <laughs> so when you were working at the NSA, did you know? Did you have those aspirations, or you just felt unfulfilled? Or unfulfilled,
2: you... unfulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Looking back, and and remember, like I just look, if i look back and look back baby and think about that song you dig? <laughs> i probably did imagine myself being famous of course i did you're shy, a star and yeah the what? fame i probably knew that i would do something Were i think you- i did
0: hey this is steve Choi, host of the musicians guild podcast part of the sound talent media podcast network Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up
2: to 11.
1: Were you cracking people up at I like was. the cafeteria? I was. At the end? Yep. <laughs> They're like, Wanda, we got to find yeah. out about what's going on in Istanbul. You're like, I know, but hold on. Babe. Wait, I,
2: I know desert storm, desert <laughs> swarm. All right, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shocking all motherfuckers. All right, hold on.
1: Did yeah. you invite them when you started doing like the? Because uh, you did some like comedy contests and stuff. I assume like probably in the Washington D.C. area. Yeah. Like the, so, did yeah. you invite
2: a lot of the NSA people? I didn't. No, I why didn't. not? I didn't. I, I didn't. When did I start inviting them out to the shows? Man, that was like late. I was well into it before. You know, by the time I started inviting them to the shows, really, like, my coworkers, yeah.
1: And then when they saw you, they were like, girl, you ain't going to be working here long. They were like, <laughs> can I have your cubicle? They were, yeah, they were pretty impressed. I know impressed. you're about to be gone. That's incredible. They were pretty impressed. All right, reasons. Uh, yes. Another Philip Bailey stunner, just yes. all falsetto. Uh, That's a
2: panty dropper.
1: It is a panty dropper, but this is also uh, one of the most miss. Red songs out there. This is up there with like every breath you take. Okay. Because people play this song. This is one of the most popular songs to play for the first dance at a wedding. Right. Mm. But the song is actually about a one night stand. Yep. Which is hysterical. Yes. Millions have played this as their first dance. Mm. Uh, Let me ask you. Is there something in your career? Was there a situation that you completely misread?
2: Hmm, I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good. Let me try to think if there was something. Well, can, you know what? Maybe <laughs> hit me. Come on, have maybe, mercy. Maybe it was uh dig? in Boston. I guess right after the election.
1: Oh, I think I've heard yeah. about this. C- you heard c- about explain because I, I do. Because yeah, Jay Leary Larson, thing. Jay Larson was on the show. Uh, so go ahead and explain okay. to everybody yeah, what Dennis, happened, at The
2: Dennis Leary uh, comics come home. Uh, a charity event in Boston. It was at the Garden, and so it was right after the election, you know. And so Dennis goes on. And he's he's doing doing. He does he's you know Trump jokes. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, cool. We can go there. We're good. We're good. Trump jokes. All right, cool. And uh, and then I forgot somebody else went on. They didn't do anything political. And then I go on, and it's you know it's a nice welcome. I do a couple jokes, and I do. A, a Trump joke, you know, somewhat of a Trump joke. People laugh, and then I do something else and laugh, and then I said, "Uh, I can't. It was something about saying that he was uh, uh racist and sexist. Whatever, Trump joke." I said, "This is not the first time we've had a president who's racist and sexist. This is the one that's been confirmed that we just know, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then they just started booing. So I misread that. I thought, you know." I can, you know, it was, it was safe people. You can, we can make jokes, right? Well, you
1: can, you know, you can, jokes. people, people made Obama jokes. If you can shit on yeah. one president, people made yeah. Bush jokes.
2: Yeah, we, could, we could do that. I mean, right? I remember
1: when I started standup, it was right at the tail end of the Bush administration. And that was everybody. Yeah. Now I know LA is a very, you know, we liberal leaning state, but if you went to DC where I started they were making bush jokes exactly so so then what exactly. happened then
2: well yeah it's what the, the audience was completely divided half were clapping and cheering The other half was booing and then it got real ugly and i was like oh my god like people were like hitler high hitler signs and and the and the you know the n word was flying it was crazy it was crazy well, I didn't and, hear that part. Oh, I just was, heard. Not, oh, there were I, fights. There were fights. People broke out in the audience. It was well, I mean, fights. Yes, yeah. this, this is was nuts. So, but I, I had and heard. I, I kind of like just wrote... mid read that. I said, Oh, I thought. I didn't know. I didn't know we were here. I didn't know this. It could get this ugly. Yeah, you know, it was crazy. And somehow I was able to turn it around because I, I went back. To, I was Have like, mercy. Okay, yeah, I was like, Okay, <laughs> y'all. I said, Look, 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 look. Okay, my bad. I, okay, I didn't realize that. You know that I wasn't allowed to do Trump jokes, you know, in, in other words. Which is complete bullshit because you are saying, allowed okay, to do it. Okay, the white guys can do them, but I guess I'm not allowed to do it. That pisses so me then off. I, so then I, I pulled out my, my cancer card. I said, you know, hey— I'm I'm a, a survivor uh, also, a <laughs> yeah. breast cancer survivor, and we're here for a good cause, and I brought it back around, and then I did a, did a run about, you know, about breast cancer. Yeah, but- and and I got the crowd back, and then I left. And I was like, okay, thank you. They was, the, you know, I had some applause. The people were like, good night. And my wife, she was there. She ran out on the stage to grab me. Yeah, and, like, just, you know, it just, like, gave me a big kiss on stage. And it was like, okay, you know. This, this, she's ride or die. I like, she this. is ride, ride or, die. or I feel, die. I feel like if you've ever, you have that cancer card, I feel
1: like everybody in America needs to get a we survived Trump card when this <laughs> motherfucker gets out of office. Um, so then it goes into Africano, uh, which is a great song, instrumental, funky as fuck, uh, mm-hmm. no oh. words, which, uh, it, it, you just got to love it. I feel like that was Earth, Wind & Fire's way of kind of being like, all right, this one's just for the brothers. Like, like we're doing an instrumental, fuck white people. No lyrics, right. nothing. Just complete, like, Africano funk. But then you have See but the that's, Light. But that's Wait, the funny, go.
2: but that's from when when with Africano. That's, so when you said that they were trying to make a, uh, give them a pop sound. And like you said, then they just drop Africano. It's it's, it, it's them sticking it's, to the roots. It's going back to the yeah, roots. But to me, I never listened to this album and, and thought that they were going away from it. You know. Well, this is their yeah. this was their intention. Is no that problem. they well, that's like cool. this is
1: what from all the research they hired this producer to specifically just give them a sound. That will will give them more of a okay. mass appeal. All right. And because they had been working with another producer prior to this. Uh-huh. And then once they weren't, they were all mad at George Massenberg And when they finally heard the record. But then when they saw what it did, they were like, all right, we're going to work with you from then on out. OK, um, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just I mean, Shining Star. I mean, that was their hit. That was, that a, hit. was, that a, was a huge, huge hit. Yeah, they had, had never hit. had anything that that was that big. Right. Then they end the album on See the Light, Mm. which at first it's like the beginning kind of like took me as like, I don't think I'm going to like it. But then as it kept going, I I seem to enjoy it more and more. But as I what I really dug about this uh, is just I mean, this lyrically, like I kept saying, it's so positive. But he begins by seeking a solution to make the world a better place. He's like giving you all these instances. He's not seeking to blame this as being counterproductive. He looks within himself as a solution to end the world's woes. And I I mean, some of the sample lyrics, uh, there's got to be a better way. Keep me, Lord, help me grow so I may reap the fruits of a free and happy soul Help them see the light. Mm-hmm. Tell me about a time where you were in darkness in your career, and how did you find the light?
2: Wow, uh, darkness in my career, or in, life. Dark- in or life, in life, whatever. Life, it career. doesn't make a difference. Ooh. It's just man. Um, I guess, yeah. You know, I, I go back to 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 that time when it was I was doing those two shows at the same time. Yeah, I think it was then. It was just just doing too much over there, sure. yeah, over, overworked. And, um, also with, yeah. Just well, what about the, like, in life?
1: Like you, you were, you were talking about, about mm-hmm. cancer. My, like my mom had breast cancer. Mm. I mean, how did that change you to get back to being such a positive person when you're dealing with something so heavy?
2: I think because I have, you know, lost some dear friends to cancer and because I was diagnosed so early, you know, at the early stage yeah. that I, I knew I was going to be okay. So um although still scary and um uh you know and a, a a rough process to go through and all. Um I yeah, I I didn't let it get me down cuz I knew how blessed I was that I that I caught it such an early stage. For sure. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's. you want to do some facts, and we'll get you out of here? Okay. All right, Come what on. song
1: should I sing with the facts? Uh,
0: These facts, the facts that are true, the facts that you do. All
1: right. Earth, Wind, and Fire got their name from drummer and founding member Maurice White's Astrological Sign. White's sign is Sagittarius, which has the primary elemental quality of fire and the seasonal qualities of earth and air. Earth, air, and fire didn't sound right, so air became wind. Which element best describes you and your life? Ooh, this is most of this podcast is you going ooh, earth. Mm.
2: (laughs) Huh? Have mercy, earth. Why? I'm grounded, man. Yeah, I am. I'm. I am very grounded. Um, I think I am uh, loyal, um, and. yeah and, and i'm deep deep you are deep. I, I don't know about that i don't know about that deep shit. but I, yeah i'm pretty I mean, deep about, about, i'm deep enough you're like you're not I'm deep, like,
1: I'm deep like you're about like six feet in the pool like yeah, you, yeah, can't, dive yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't dive in you can't right, dive in but right. you can definitely wade right. in the water exactly. and like maybe yeah. lift your feet up and kind of <laughs> <laughs> we, we, and, and
2: but let me ask you how was your wife what element would your wife be my wife would be wind yeah She's, she's when she loves, you know, she can go over here. She likes to, you know, she loves to, loves to travel. Mm-hmm. She wants to, even when she's one place, she's thinking about where she could go the next place. You know, it's like, she, she's hard. She's always, she's just, She's a lot of movement with her. So then, so, so
1: then it, like that's, is that kind of what, you know, she's, she's trying to pull this grounded person into being just a little bit more free. Absolutely. You, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah.
2: And it works. A hundred
1: percent. I'm fire. That's what my acting uh, ex- coach says. I'm a hundred percent fire. I can see it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But absolutely. I can also be
1: ice cold. <laughs> this is all my acting coach says. Earth, Wind, and Fire is the first African American act to sell out Madison Square Garden and to receive the MSG Gold Ticket Award. And when they won the Grammy for Shining Star, they also didn't bother going because African American music at that point wasn't televised. Let me ask you, what was a personal or career
2: milestone where you felt that you broke barriers? Oh, absolutely! the The White House Correspondents' Association's dinner, where uh, for uh President Barack Obama that was doing his first term. And uh his first year actually was the first one for him. And here I am hosting dinner and I am uh, a woman, you know, African American and and a lesbian. So that was huge. Huge. Yeah.
1: yeah. How'd it go? How was the set? I did okay. No,
2: <laughs> I killed
1: it. <laughs> you crushed it? I crushed it. Was there anybody in the audience that, like, you know, when you met, you were just kind of like, holy shit. I mean, besides Obama, I mean, but, like, anybody else that you saw that was just like, oh, my God, that's fucking, you know. Yeah,
2: I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, my God, there's, Col- there's Colin Powell and, and uh, Malin Albright. And uh, what is that a Kardashian? What the hell is the Kardashians doing here? <laughs> They're everywhere, dude. They're everywhere. They're like Chipotle. Yeah. They're yeah, everywhere, exactly, dude. Exactly. The
1: Kardashians are everywhere. Yeah, Bon
2: Jovi. I'm like, I met Bon Jovi that night. It was cool. Did you riff
1: on any of the
2: people or was it
1: just like uh, No, I
2: stuck to the script? I knew what I was going to what I had. What I knew the jokes that I was going to do. And do you remember uh, any of the jokes? Uh, I remember a joke I did about the first lady. Um, yeah, something about um, when they met met the queen. Yeah. And she went and hugged the queen. And I was like, what, what? And everybody gave her gave her shit because it's like, you're not supposed to touch the queen. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You know, I said, I said, we have to give you a book or something that you can read up on the rules. I said, you, know, you over there touching the queen, you know, patting her on her back like she just slid in the home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Good job, queen. Wait
1: That's it's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. All right, here we go. That's the way the world was the soundtrack to a movie of the same name starring a young Harvey Keitel as record producer and Earth, Wind & Fire as the group he worked with. The movie was a colossal flop, but the album, of course, was a hit. Have you seen it? There was a, a There's a movie. movie? This, is, this is actually the soundtrack. So the director of the movie, Superfly, made this movie, and uh, it's called That's the Way of the World, and so this album was created as the soundtrack. Oh wow! But it was a huge flop. Okay. Were there any situations where the project flopped but you didn't? The
2: project flopped and I didn't. Yeah, I did this show with um. It, it was it was right after the Chris Rock show. It was called the Downer Channel, and it was something Steve Martin uh, produced. And I had this great meeting with Steve Martin. I mean, come on! Of course, yes, I, I want to do this show. And so I was part of the cast, and uh, and Steve wanted to do, a, do a, like a little sketch show, but it was all about the things in life that brings us down. Okay, you know it was it was weird. So you know yeah, tried it and did not do well at all. But people, the, the they liked me. They loved you. Yeah, well, you're very lovable. Yeah, they loved me. And uh, who else was on? Uh, 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 Marilyn Rice Cup. She is the best. Yeah. She's on that she show. Is what i She
1: actually owns her and her husband own a gym out in uh, I want to say like Tarzana, Reseda area. Okay, and I'm such a huge like not just fan, I'm a fan of hers because of uh, because of Mr. Show with Bob and David, but yeah. uh, I've become friends with her because we've been we've been doing spots together at the comedy okay. store, the Improv. She's done the Jam, uh, but me and another buddy went there to go to her gym. She dude, it's like it's like high intensity interval training. And right. it's just fantastic. We're all gonna we're all gonna go together. Okay,
2: I'll try. We'll bring it. you. It we'll bring
1: your windy ass wife. Okay, it's gonna be the best.
2: <laughs> Blow her ass. Blow in her there. ass in there. Okay.
1: All right. Um, Miles Davis described Earth, Wind, and Fire as his all-time favorite band, saying they have everything: horns, electric guitar, singers, and more, all in one band. What is a compliment that someone you respect has given you that blew you away?
2: Hmm. I know I'm always I'm just Hmm. have mercy uh, Eddie Murphy he's when I, I when I met him uh, he said hey you that funny lady that's all I needed for him to say that is
1: all you need yeah all right well let me ask you uh, what comedian or artist do you think has the complete package just like Miles Davis said about Earth Wind and Fire
2: it was a complete package wow it's the complete package i this um um well i guess i guess you gotta say i guess you gotta go with jordan you just gotta go with jordan peele right yeah i mean completely the guy's comedian Is yeah right direct produce you know yeah i was hoping you were gonna say me sketch everything i mean he does it all
1: yeah completely um, I was really hoping I mean, a, you were going to say one. Maybe. I
2: mean, that's one. I'm sure I can name a bunch of other ones, but
1: here we go. Maurice played the kalimba or African thumb piano, as you were talking about, which I thought was a xylophone. Many, many likely assumed it's something he started with the musical exp- explorations of Earth, Wind, and Fire, but he played it as far back as the 1960s in Ramsey Lewis band. Um,
2: Sun ha- Goddess.
1: On a scale of blackness, how black is this group, and why? Oh my
2: god, this is—they're off the charts black. <laughs> they're, please tell—they're—they're tell. they're, they're, they're black, black. How they're, black? They're, like, they're give me I want 10, all the. This was
1: written. This question was written. I have my uh, my producer David, a uh, big black, beautiful David. Uh, he wrote that. So, why? Explain in detail why Earth, Wind and Fire is at that complete level of blackness. We got
2: afros. We got chest hair. Shirts open, chest hair. We have uh, like the, just the drums, you know. Come on. They, they, the Africano on, on the, the album that they want to be, be a crossover. Yeah. Um, the, costumes, they, yeah the, costume, the costumes. The costumes. The costumes are incredible. That's what I'm saying. The costumes.
1: Prince, uh, I don't know if I know this is right, but Prince actually uh, either used the same guy that did their costumes or he was heavily influenced from their costumes to make the Purple Rain costumes keep
2: going yes uh <laughs> the just the, the 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 music the instrumentation the, to to have nine dudes on a on the stage together yeah. you know um uh just yeah the the message in their in the music you know which the, is but that's the thing is that like is is that because we talked about this a little bit earlier but is that
1: that message is not normal from what's coming out in not just music but like we can say specifically like black music in the 70s i mean you have like curtis mayfield around that time you know it's you know talking about like pusher man or or, or superfly i mean there's there's they're definitely doing something different so so like how is that and then look at where some of the music has changed and i'm not just talking about black music i'm talking about white music it's just like there's not that much music out there that is this positive.
2: Yeah. They they were doing the the music um the the band of uh, uh, uh of what like, like what like Stevie Wonder and, and Marvin Gaye and and all those yeah. you know all those those conscientious uh you know uh, artists but they were just doing it in a band, you know. Incredible. Yeah.
1: All right, final question then we will get you out of here. Um and so this wasn't this is not more of a fact, but I really want you to tell this story. Uh, and you were talking about nine members on stage. Uh, Earth, Wind & Fire guested on Wu-Tang Clan offshoot <laughs> Sons of Man's 1998 debut album, what? The Last Shall Be the First. When I didn't we,
2: know that. Wow.
1: I know. It's incredible. When we were at the jam, you told me a story
2: about you with Wu-Tang. Yeah. Would you mind telling me that? I was at the House of Blues. Please. Right? <laughs> so... Lance Crowder, who is the the biggest Wu Tang fan on the planet, that's the guy who plays Pootie Tang. So um we were at the House of Blues and uh so we sit through they were doing two shows, right? So we had the first show and we just that's when uh uh Iron Flag just came out. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're out there, you know, boom boom, just just rapping along, you know. And uh I think you got looked out and and looked at and kind of, like, recognized us. was like, is that probably, Biggie Shorty? Probably, probably, probably. I was like, I think that's Biggie Shorty and <laughs> Pootie Tang out there, right? So then uh, so, so we, you know, jammed along with the show. And uh, and then, the, the, you know, Chef looked over and was like, I was like, Lance, they're looking at us. They're looking at us. And he was like, I think so, I think so, I think so. So after the show, we kind of like, you know, slow to, you know, get our stuff together. And you guy comes over to the gate and he's like, yo, 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 pody, yo, yo, yo. And we looked up and he he was like, waved us over. So now we're backstage, right? And the first show, Method wasn't there, right? Method wasn't there. So... We, uh, we're backstage hanging out with them, just kicked it. I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, you know, talking, talk, just to it, it, ghost face. And I'm like, I'm rapping <laughs> shit to ghost face and, you know, his, 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 uh, uh Maxine. Nice shoes, doing, Master yeah, Killer. Yeah, oh, I love I'm, that I'm, jacket. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing Maxine to, to, uh, to, to, <laughs> to ghost. Right. So, um, uh, and, uh, you know, we're talking about, uh, uh, Cuban links, all that stuff. So we, so we're just like just kicking it, kicking it. And of course, smoking and 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 then I tell them, I say, hey, if y'all need somebody to do ODBs uh, verses, I got all that. I got all that because you know, shame on you, shame on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the one man I army. Mean, it's on. I never been tookin' out. I keep MCs looking out. Yeah. So uh,
1: that's the greatest and, thing. And in they're the world. like,
2: uh, yeah. So they all cracking up, laughing. I'm just you know, just getting so faded. So then uh like Marshall Falk somehow comes out he, he he's back there. And I'm like, what the fuck, Marshall Falk? Doing? And uh and and then you know, Chris Rock he shows up and he's hanging out, he's like, Oh God, look at you. Like I cause I don't mess by now, yeah. right? So um and then Ghost walks in. Ghost Ghost makes Ghost makes makes it in time for With the second man? show. I, I mean man? I mean talking method, method, yeah, yeah. yeah. method Man, Met the Man, met the Man shows up. So now they're like Raekwon's like, come on, we got to do this show, you know. Come on, deck. so so everybody's walking to the stage. and He was like, y'all come on out and hang out on stage with us. I'm like, yes, yes, that's what I want. So, so the show's starting, and I'm in the you know in the background standing along with with Chris and Marsha Falk and and, and Lance. We're How many people there. are on
1: stage? About
2: they, fifty. Because I've seen Wu Tang. Yeah, I, I they think, got kids up I think, there. I think even Capadonna was there. You know? <laughs> well, Capadonna yeah, was yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's always. Yeah. He needed so to be there. Everybody, you know, just it, everybody's on stage, and then you have the us, the the, the <laughs> you know, the extra extra crew. Like who these hoes are? Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> Look at this right. girl;
1: She's short as yeah. fuck. So
2: we're man, all with, You know, so we back, so back there, and. Uh, and then, it, it, you know, I, I feel like, oh, they're they going to kick an ODB song now. So I start moving my way to the, to the front, walking my way
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: a little bit closer. And Chris just grabs me and pulls me back, you know, in line with them. And I'm like looking at him, you know, so then... Another song covers on. And I'm like, oh, that mama hit the ODB part. <laughs> so I'm, I move. I start waiting to the front. And Chris grabs me again, pulls me back. And I just look at him like, motherfucker, if you don't get off of me, you know. I, and uh, I think, like, two songs later, I was like, th- yeah, they was like, let's get her out of here. Oh, this was that bad? Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was like, let's get her out of here. But that was a great night. I, I was so bad that on the way out... Um, uh, Macy Gray was on her way in and she looked at me. she was like, You fucked up. I was like, Oh, damn. This is a whole new level. When Macy Gray tells you you fucked up and she was fucked up when she told me I was fucked up, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to put me in a car. Get me home. I love you. We
1: got to get you home now. Man. Thank you, Wanda, for coming on. Uh, this you. was fantastic.
2: Thank it. you.
0: Rising I don't wanna feel I'm in the wrong place to be real oh, and I longing to love you just for a night kissing and hugging and holding you tight. Please let me love you with all my
1: wanda sakes, y'all. For all things wanda Sykes go to her website. WandaSykes.com, that's where all things Wanda exist, all her tickets, everything. And if you want to find her on social media, it's at IamWandaSykes. Big news for Wanda, she's shooting her Netflix special in New York City, February 28th and March 1st at Town Hall. There are still tickets available if you want to go, so go, because she is fucking hilarious. I'll be posting her mixtape track listing link uh, on all social media. And if you guys want to email the podcast, once again, you can find it at 500 podcastgmailcom at gmail.com. Follow me on all social media at Josh Adam Myers. Got some dates coming up that are pretty big. February 26th, I've got Shimmy Shimmy Ya at the Comedy Store in the Main Room, 1030 show. It's where comedians give away real shit from their lives to members of the audience. It's so much fun, and you should be there. March 20th, the goddamn Comedy Jam is going to be at the Roxy, the world-famous Roxy, which is fucking cool, man. I got to tell you this. Anytime I I do the Roxy, you go into the... the, uh, the VIP green room, I don't know if you want to call it that, like where the artist chills, and there's a picture of Bob Marley and John Lennon talking exactly where you're standing looking at that picture. And my fucking dumbass is up there, and I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? My life! All tickets are at my website, at joshadamyers.com. I got to update the website, so, you know, it'll be up there. Just search for it. And for all things 500, guys, if you want to find the mixtape track listing, guest episodes, everything, the artist of the week, it's all at the website at the500podcast.com. And like I said at the beginning, guys, subscribe to The 500, please. Rate and review. If you dig this shit, man, do me a favor and do that, man. I'm trying to get more people to listen to this show, guys. I want... More members of the Fleece Army. We need you guys. Also, we've got a Patreon. It's called The 500 Club, guys. We're giving away merch and live chats with me and my guests. And we're going to be coming up with a brand new podcast that is going to exist only on the Patreon. If you sign up, you get it on Tuesday. Not on Wednesday. You get it on Record Store Tuesdays. Okay? So join the movement the 500 Club is the shit, guys. You can find it at the500podcast.com backslash club for all details on Patreon membership options to support the 500. I think what we're going to do is if you sign up for the Patreon, not only are you going to get a whole nother podcast with probably like me, Morty. Big shout out to Morty, guys. Morty is my fucking boy. Morty has been going on this journey with me, doing a lot of the research. Him and Dave Ross. But I fucking love Morty, man Follow him on social media He like likes all my shit So give Morty a big shout out And tell him he's doing a good job Because he's batshit shit crazy But I think we're going to do a supplemental podcast With him and Avery and Ryan Sickler And just some of the other guests We're going to talk about some stuff I, It would probably be good with just me and Morty Because me and Morty just have such intense conversations Go to the Kibbutz Room every Tuesday night. He's the leader of the Fockers, Friends of the Kibbutz Room. It's a great jam session. I love him to death. Morty, I know you're listening. I fucking love you, buddy. But join the movement, guys. We're going to give you patches that say Fleece Army. We got Fleece Army t-shirts. It's going to be incredible. Now, we just listened to Earth, Wind & Fire from 1975. Here is an artist that is directly influenced by this album. From London, England, we have Jungle with their new single, Beat 64, All Good. Listen to this song, guys. Do not tune out. This shit is catchy as fuck, and I know you guys are going to love it. If you're in a band and we're directly influenced by one of these albums or artists that we have on this list and you want your music featured at the end of the 500, send your song to 500 podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you put the album and the artist that influenced you in the subject line. The reason I'm saying that, guys, is I want to launch artists, man. As this show gets bigger, I really think that we can find these bands, these artists that are, that are struggling to get the fucking music out, and I want the 500 to be a launching point for them. So send me your music. Don't be afraid. I don't give a fuck if you made it in your parents' basement. I don't give a fuck. If it's, if it's fucking some weird bluegrass electro. If you love it and you wanted the world to hear it, let the 500 be the catalyst to get it out for you. Send us your goddamn music. Next week is Pearl Jam Week with their 1994 record, Vitalogy. So you guys got some homework to do. Stay fleecy, y'all. Peace. Hey.
0: What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media podcast network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com, and I'll see you there.